All right, I'm Jeremy. I'm Tony. And this is Big Trouble in Apartment 18. This is the first episode. We've been talking about doing a podcast for like ever. Forever. But we've just never sat down to actually do it. Yeah. But now we are. And Yep. The, the time has come. One, one could say that our force has been awakened. Yeah. And nice pun. <laughs> yeah, I'm full of them. Yeah, but speaking of which, we're going to be doing a podcast about uh, The Force Awakens. Right now. Right now. Yeah, we're going to be doing it right now. Um, but it's going to be, this is the first of the three Star Wars Disney, uh, d- you know, Disney movies. Um, I think, I mean, everyone should know. I mean, I'm a, I'm a huge Star Wars fan. If you don't know me already, like I'm a huge Star Wars fan. I got Star Wars tattoos. Um, grew up loving the movies. Tony. Same deal, I'm guessing. I don't have the tattoos, but my my knowledge runs deep. I'm the guy who gets sucked on the YouTube rabbit hole of watching the lore videos, just to just to figure out what the new established canon is so far. Yeah, um, I think we should talk about since um, Disney acquiring the rights and what your first initial reactions were to that. Just just to them getting the rights, not necessarily the movies, but just yeah, like. The um. Rights. Initial positive. It was just a positive reaction initially. What about yeah. you? Yeah, same. It, I, I mean, at first a little. I was a little worried. I got to be honest, just because I felt like Star Wars was kind of okay where it was. You know, I felt like I knew there was books and stuff about after Return of the Jedi, but I didn't think we'd ever see that. I felt like Star Wars was kind of untouchable. Like, you couldn't touch it. It's fine how it is. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, but... So I was a little worried about them doing it, but I was like, but no, I, I feel like Disney was the right company to get the rights. I don't think any other company should have, would have been able to do anything like remotely exactly. close to as good. You exactly. Know? I mean, that just goes to show that uh, at the time, Bob Iger, right, was the CEO yeah. of Disney. He, I, I bet he had this whole thing envisioned, especially with the whole Marvel takeover. Yeah, and I think, they, I think the Marvel Studios is what really pushed them to get the rights. I mean, George Lucas, like Lucasfilm yeah. and Disney always had like a close relationship, you know, which, I mean, with uh, like the Star Wars rides at uh, like Star Tours, yeah. Disneyland and stuff. So they, they, there was a relationship between um, Lucas and Disney. So, um, it does, it all, that also, why it also made sense that Disney would get the rights. Um, but I think also them seeing that, like, hey, look what we've done. Marvel really kind of paved the way of, like, hey, we can actually do, like, elaborate storytelling. You know what I mean? Like, we could do stuff that's, like, really, like, spread out through, like, different movies. I don't know. Maybe. I think so. Essentially, in a way, making a TV series movie-length episodes. So that's why everything's intertwined, interconnected. Yeah. You know, they're, they're building for the much grander thing, you know, taking point the Marvel universe. Yeah, and I, but I think, I, I think maybe Disney doing that kind of maybe, maybe, I could be fucking wrong about it, but like, they were like, hey, that might be something cool with Star Wars. Exactly. And we could do something cool with that. And, you know, at, as it being fast forward like 10 plus years... Yeah, I, they right now everything is starting to pan out with Disney Plus. You know the different shows that have been announced. You know they're doing a great job now. But today's podcast is not about now; it's about when the Force awoke. Yes. Um, good old Episode Seven. I will say, probably, 
it, it's not bad. It, it's a good movie. It, it's probably like the, the most lighthearted, like Star Wars friendly movie. Not Star Wars friendly, but it's it in the terms of it doesn't do too much to the lore. You know, the storytelling, everything was a great launching point. You know, just the right bit of nostalgia launching to something potentially new. You know, there's a lot of good points to that movie, but also there were some flaws. Yes. Um, since we're going to talk about, like, the overall reaction to Force Awakens. I remember super pumped for this movie. You know, it was the first... Because, you know, the when the prequels came out, I was still pretty young, you know. Um, uh, 99, so you'd be, what, 7? No, like seven, eight, yeah. But I remember seeing those movies in theaters. I remember, especially uh, Revenge of the Sith, I saw that movie in theaters with my dad. Um, that was like one of the only movies that like me and my dad went together to go to see, just me and him. It cool. was Revenge of the Sith. We did that, we've done that a few times, but um, not very often. Uh, but um, so, and I, but I feel like I was still like a kid. You know, this was like my adult years really like, it felt like this was my generation Star Wars almost, even though yeah. prequels, I guess, are kind of the more of our generation. But anyways, anyways, like adult generation. But like, so I was super hyped for the movie. The trailer comes out, and I was super fucking pumped. And, um, but like overall, like seeing the movie, like it, it was yeah, it was pretty good. Like I, I don't really have that many like. I do have complaints, but. The first, like, I want to say maybe, like, half of that movie is actually pretty interesting and pretty, like, oh, shit. Like, you know, like, oh, what are they doing? Like, oh, this is kind of cool. And there are are new things, but there are, like, little nods to, like, the nods are subtle, but they're subtle enough that, like, it, it's, like, not that big of a deal, but because it's that thing, it's a big deal. You know what I mean? It's a big deal, but not a big deal. Exactly. I, I think I know where you're going with that, where the first half of the movie was great. It was it it was it was the fresh bit that we were all asking for with the hints of nostalgia. But the problem I think there is is that once you got the first bit of nostalgia, they just started overwhelming you with it. Kind of. I mean, like what kind of an example of what I'm talking about is Vader's helmet. Yeah. Like that was it plays really no significance at all. It's not like something where it's like, "Oh, without the helmet, he's power." Like, you know what I mean? It's not like a it's not a a role in the movie. So it's not a really a big deal. It's not a big deal whatsoever to the story, but it's a big deal for us, the audience, because it's Vader's fucking helmet. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's like, whoa, you know, it's like a, it's a huge deal. Um, but yeah, I definitely feel like with some, with some things, then it was just way too, some parts of the film, it gets like a little bit over, it's almost like every other scene. It's just like, oh, this, and now there's that. And, oh, this, and it just was like. It was so much going on, you know? Yeah. It was so much nostalgia. It was like every other scene. It's like, there's this, and then here's this. And it was just like, okay. <laughs> well, it's like, it's like what South Park said about J.J. Abrams. It's the member berries. Yes. It, that, that, that's the trick to J.J.'s, like, relaunching of a film. We saw with Star Trek, now Star Wars. <clears throat> it's not bad when done right, but just there, there sometimes is cases of just too much. Too much nostalgia. It's not always the best thing. Yeah, there were a few things like, um, there were a few like, like, and like, there was a few like really cool like new things that they had like new ideas, 
that they had that I thought was like, oh, that's actually pretty fucking badass. Like, the Knights of Ren in the first one, when you see him in that little, yep. like, vision, I was like, oh, shit, that's badass. Like, I can't wait to see those motherfuckers, you know? Yep. Um, real, I was, you know, there was, I was super stoked about that. Snoke, Snoke was like, who the fuck is that? You know what I mean? Like, yep. there was a lot of things that made me almost freak out more that were completely brand new than some of the stuff that I saw that were like, that, you know, that I remember, you know, it was like, oh, the Millennium Falcon, like that scene, when you see the Millennium Falcon for the first time, that was, it was cool. I remember the trailer, I remember when the trailer for it first dropped and you first got the glimpse of that scene. Yeah, when well, you see where the, where like, when the trailer, you see the Falcon and the TIE Fighters chasing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which was like, oh man, that brought back, you're like, damn, that's some old, like, I remember when I saw it, I was like, that's Star Wars, <laughs> you know, like that's super cool to see that. Another thing I really liked about The Force Awakens was the character arc of Finn. You're like, or at least the proposed character arc. You know, you have the stormtrooper who since birth was pretty much indoctrinated into the First Order. And granted, he, as we found out later on the film, he was only a janitor, but he still had to go through like a military background. And, well, and much, he, he did move up. He yeah, became, and he moved up. Yeah. Um, but the biggest thing is that he was essentially, since being a child, brainwashed into this way of thinking. And then seeing the first battle and seeing one of his friends get killed in front of him makes him snap out of it and want to join to the other side. That was fantastic. Like, that was very interesting. And I, I wish they would have dwelled more into that instead of him just breaking rank and wanting just to run. I mean, yeah, the, it was kind of cool to see that because that's something we'd never seen before yep. in Star Wars. We'd never seen... And, and it was... I feel like a stormtrooper turning good was always, like, in fan... There was always, like, fan theory about stuff. Like, yep. Han Solo. Han's... The, like, that was a big thing that Han's... Because, you know, for the longest, we didn't know his origins. So, there were... Ta- there was There was even, like possible ideas of him. Oh, he was a stormtrooper and he went, he turned rogue and then got into smuggling. Yeah. You know, but it was only ever fan theory. It was, ne- we had never seen it in the movies. So it was just like, oh, it's just a thought. And there'd be like, oh, there was even debates about it. Like, oh, a stormtrooper would never turn good. Like, yeah, you know, like, you know, there's even like whole big things about it. But so when they pulled the trigger with Finn, I was like, oh shit. Okay. Like we, this is something fresh and something we've never seen before. A stormtrooper breaking away from that. And to be and, honest, and it was sick. It was they did it really well. They did, I it, felt really they did well. it really well. And another another real positive thing for that, it gives other kids, other people watching it who aren't white, you know, someone else to look up to as a hero. You know, it, it, it's for more. It's to be more inclusive, and it was done really, really well. You yeah, know, a it new was hero just... figure for more kids, similar to like Ray with more with more females, so they don't have just Princess Leia to look up to. Now they have a badass like Ray. You know, it was, it was a great idea. I love that. Um, I just think that after, pretty much after this movie, Finn just gets thrown away. He's, a, he's an afterthought. And that, that's kind of criminal on Disney's end. But that's my opinion. Yeah, well, we'll, and we'll jump into that more, like, in the different movies. Yeah, the different podcasts. Um, but, yeah, no, Finn in Force Awakens, I thought, was fantastic. I feel like Finn was one of the more interesting characters. I thought, yeah. Same. In Force Awakens. I was really intrigued by him. I, 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 it's almost like I was following him more than I really was with Ray. The only time that when... I think the only time... Now we, we can go into Ray. The only time with Ray where it went... Where she, it went from she's just kind of... Like, I was more... Like, 
where I went from like Finn's the main character to oh wait a minute was when they went to um, Maz con- uh, Maz's cantina yeah. and that shit with the lightsaber happened. Yeah, that's when I'm like, okay, who the fuck is she? You know what I mean? That's when I was really like, okay, who is she? There's something up here because why? What the fuck was that? You know yeah. what I mean? That's when that's when I feel like it kind of started. It really took the turn of like raise the Jedi. You know, that's when you started really being like, yep. Raise yeah. the Jedi, Be, but and that was weird because they're long. But then I don't know. And then it threw another curveball at you because that happened. I remember this too, thinking about this in the movie theater when after that happened, and the First Order attacks Maz's cantina and they get out of the fucking thing, and there there's all the stormtroopers and and, and they're you know Han and Chewie are fighting them off, and Finn you know. I think Maz says something to Finn and like Finn's like, I don't have a weapon and or like I need a weapon and she goes, You have one and it's the lightsaber and he turns it on and he starts fighting the fucking stormtroopers and I'm like, Okay, wait a minute you know what I mean? Like I was like, Maybe they're both gonna be Jedi's. I kinda thought that for mm. a second. That would have been kinda sick. You're like you're both gonna turn into the Jedi. But then Yeah. Nope. <laughs> nope. No, it was just another example of a drop storyline. Yeah, there was a lot of potential with Finn. We were like, "What? Who? Like, who is it? Like, who is he? Like, it, I don't know." It was really like, it was a lot. It was yeah. a lot. So it was kind of like, "What the fuck?" There's a lot of questions at the end of this movie. There were, and that's not a bad thing because no, I feel like there was a there was. I feel like there was the least amount of questions after this one. Than the other ones. Agreed. Because the other movies, there was a lot of questions at the end, especially when we get to Rise of Scott. There was a lot of... MacGuffins. There was a lot of plot holes that... Or just a lot of like, what? But like with Force Awakens, there wasn't a lot... There was like, yes, there were questions where like, who is this? What's, you know, what's this? How is this going to turn out? Or whatever. Like, there were those, but not as many as... (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, not as many. Um, I agree. I mean, for, for the most part, most of my quirks of this movie are just proxy like either a lazy storytelling or just, you know, plot, like just drop plots or just anything else like that. Um, nothing actually bad about the movie per se is beautifully shot. You know, the cinematography is amazing. The music, the soundtrack is phenomenal. Um, but yeah, with that being said, I want to refresh your memory to the scene when Poe and Finn are flying away with a TIE fighter. They get shot down and they land on Jakku. Finn wakes up and he runs over to where the TIE fighter is. And as far as we know on Jakku, it's just relatively regular sand. But apparently the TIE fighter gets sucked down into this quicksand and then explodes. And there's no other part of Jakku's desert that does that anywhere else. You don't see any other example of something getting sucked up by the sand. And I just, I don't know, I thought that was really, really weird. It was just like one of those weird things, like, why did you need to do that? Like, oh, I, don't I, was, know. I wasn't the biggest fan of that. Um, oh, it landing in the quicksand? Well, yeah, just the fact that it, it happened to land in quicksand. It, it just, I was like, that's just really weird. Like, what? Like, Well, no, they kind of addressed that, though, because they call it the, they call it, there's a name... The they, they there's a name for that area. I forgot what he says though in the movie. 
I don't know, but I I feel like I could let shit like that slide. Like I feel like some sometimes like yeah, I get what you're saying, but sometimes with some movies, it's like I don't want to nitpick. You know yeah. what I mean? I don't want to like nitpick something because oh well, there's not that because then it's like then I'm like, I can nitpick any movie and I'll, you know what, you're, you're you know right, what I mean? You're right, you're right, you're right. My bad, my bad. It was it was a little nitpick. Yeah, it was a little nitpick. <laughs> just like coming to the civilization, like yeah, yeah, you're right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're right. That you're right. That that was a, that was a little gimme. But how about when the first? How, one but was, how about this one? <laughs> how about this one? Can you defend this one, Jeremy? Yes. Um. The the whole thing with with the planet of Ilum being turned into um, Star Killer Base, and the New Republic, which has been in order for the past thirty years since they took down the Empire. They they had no there was no way of noticing or having yeah they yeah, no there were that, that there were some of those that I was kind of like in, in the movie theater where I was like wait so you're telling me that they've been start you know first order's been making this fucking huge fucking planet triple the fucking size of the Death Star out in the outer rim. And no one knows about it. No one, it hasn't slipped. No one can see the fucking thing. No one's gone out there. Out of all the millions of contractors, because you know that in order to build this place, they have to import these things from around the galaxy. Yeah, no one's like, oh, hey, there's a whole bunch of First Order shit going by. Like, what the fuck is that about? I mean... There's no, like, New Republic, like, military that's, like, they're just like, oh, we're free now. We don't have to fight nothing. Yeah. To me, that was a little far-fetched. Another far-fetched thing is the whole thing when it comes to, like, the First Order itself and the Rebellion, instead of, you know, you know, just the whole Rebellion. There's a Republic. You'd think the Republic would have their own army. But instead, the First Order's insistent on fighting against the Rebellion insurgent agents for some reason that are still around? Like, I don't know. Maybe, maybe it's something that I missed, but why does the New Republic not have their own fleet? Why, out of all these planets that got liberated from the Empire, you would have thought that they would all join together, make this New Republic a real thing. Yeah, and make sure, like, hey, this shit don't happen again. Yeah, but instead you're telling me that, oh, we took over the Empire, it's just no one really wants to be a part of it. No, we don't care. <laughs> it, it's, it's a little, like, it, it's kind of weird to me that they, have, that they have to rely on a little, like, guerrilla force. Yeah, and, well, and, and another thing, too, is because we never, well... We never got the origins of the First Order, really, in any of the movies. Yeah. We never got a, this is how they came to power. Um, or this is, this is how, it, it, that's the thing with the First Order. In that movie, one of the things I didn't really like was, like, it, it was really hard to understand, like, it was hard to understand what the First Order was. Because it was, I was like, well, are they not... Are they just like a little fucking sub part of the empire, or are they like the last, or are they this like actually like a real big powerful force that's like going against this new republic? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it was like, how how big is this first order? You yeah. know what I mean? Like what it like? We never. I, I was really confused even in the Force Awakens because I was just like, okay, I kept kind of waiting for like we're gonna get some sort of explanation of like how this, or a little clue of how the how the First Order came up to be and, like, what it is. It seems that the First Order had more power in Force Awakens than the Empire did in all of the original trilogy. It, it, it seems as if, like, they never lost power. Like, you know, the New Republic never became a thing. It, it, it's kind of weird to me. Like, you would think, especially after 30 years, 
after you destroyed two of the biggest things that lead the Empire, that it would keep going. Or that, that they would go away, or maybe it's like a little insurgent group. But no, they make it seem as if the First Order is still just as big as the Empire. more Just as powerful, if not more powerful. Yeah, no, there was a lot of... Yeah, that, that's, it was, that was confusing. But I let it slide in The Force Awakens because I thought, well, we got two more movies, we'll get it. Yeah. We'll get, we'll get the explanation. Like, I'll let it slide in this one. Another funny thing about, like, keep, to keep riffing on that, just to show that the First Order is more powerful than the Empire was, they destroy five planets at the same time from across the galaxy. Right? But those planets they attack, right, were at the center ones for the New Republic. Just yes. to send a message. With that being said, there's still like 20 other planets that are sp- they're supposed to be part of this New Republic. They're supposed to have fighters, right? That should even more be like, oh, dude, see, they're, they're attacking us again. We got we to gotta go squash it out. <laughs> well, Especially knows? knowing the fact that, oh, in order to recharge their weapon, they need to drain a star, which for some a reason... Sun. A sun. Same thing. Yes. Um, which for some reason, Ilum had two or three of them. Which we never... When did that happen? Exactly. Like, it, there's, there's just a lot of things that make no sense. Especially for a planet that has three suns, there's a lot of snow on Ilum. Yeah, it was, it was very, it was kind of confusing. Like, good idea, but it just makes no sense. Yeah, I didn't really like Starkiller Base, to be honest. Even in the movie, I was like, oh my god, they're just doing another Death Star. You know what I mean? Like, they try to make it seem like it wasn't. Like, oh, it's so much bigger than the Death Star. But, but it's like, it's your version of the Death It's the Disney version of the Death Star. I mean, to quote Team America... It, it was like taking 9-11 and timesing it times a thousand. Yes. And I, I don't know, I just didn't like, I felt that was kind of, I was like, you would think that after this, you know, 30 plus years, they'd, the Empire or even like, the, would, would be like, hey, we should probably not make planet destroying weapons because they get blown up. Exactly. <laughs> Every single one of them. It, it just... I understand why they did it, because it's the whole, like, they thought, oh, the Star Wars, it rhymes. You know, just like in Episode 1, they, they the Trade Federation ship. Episode 4, it's, you know... The Death Star. The, the Death Star. You know, Episode 7, it's going to be Starkiller Base. But in the grand theory, the grand, you know, story, it just didn't make sense. Yeah, and also, did what I kind of, like, didn't really get in the movie theater, I was like... How long was it? How long did it take them to build that thing? Like, that's the whole fucking planet. It would take you a lot longer than thirty years to build that. <laughs> Agreed. You know, an easy way to fix that plot hole is if they just put somewhere, like in a video game or like a comic book. You know, in order to get the full story, you got to read those. Um, that the Empire had had it as a mission for like the past, like since they took over or something, but they haven't. So it's still just another one of those like gaps. One thing that I'm confused about is why is Leia still a general in the in the resistance? You'd think that the former princess of Alderaan, who has a political background, would want to lead the new republic that she just helped create. Yeah, that would have made, and it would have made sense. It would have made sense if she went back into. Yeah, like I don't know. I feel like it would have made more sense if the new republic was smart. You have Leia in the politics. And Han be the general. Yeah. That would have made sense. It would have made perfect sense. But in, but in, the, in the grand story of things, you 
It just doesn't. That that's gonna be the that's gonna be my my new saying for the next three the next two of these podcasts. The grand story of things. <laughs> yeah, this was cool, or like this this makes sense, but in the grand scheme of things, just not what happened. Grand story. Grand story. It's a Tonyism. <laughs> Hashtag Tonyism. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think of what else with that movie. Um, what do you, What do you think about the whole thing with Luke? The whole The whole plot of the story is we need to track down this map. Oh yeah. Okay. I know. I know where you're to going. To find with this. Luke. Yes. Like, what, what, tell me your thoughts on that. That kind of threw me off too a little bit because I'm like, if. If, like, Luke went off hiding, why would he then leave a map to where he's at? Yeah. Like, why would he, why would he do that? That's why I was kind of like, what? And how does the First Order have the map as well? <laughs> like, you know what I mean? How would they get the map? Exactly. That's a great question. Not only that, even when they have the map, the missing piece of the map had... Like two planets on it. No, it had like eight... Between eight to like 12 planets. The rest of them like were like little stars and like little like, you know, like asteroids. Mm -hmm. But if you pause it, you can count eight planets. With the First Order and their fleet of weapons, with two shots from Starkiller Base, they could have knocked out all the planets and just got rid of Luke. And be like, nope, he's off the map. He's just off the map now. But they didn't. Because in the grand story of things, that's just not what happened. Yep. Yep. See, you get it now. You're, you're understanding. Yeah, yeah no, there, there's, I don't know. There, that's the thing. Is like There were parts of the movie that were really cool. Like I said, the first half of the movie, I loved. I thought was really cool. I liked where we were going. I liked learning about Ray and Finn. and I liked the new stuff, and it was really cool. It was cool to see little nods every now and again to something old, but... Um, But uh, after a while, it was just like too much nostalgia, too much like okay, like I don't know. It was just or like stuff that was like this doesn't really make a lot of sense. But one thing, I, one thing they did do right was was Han. I think Han in the movie, like he he was done. You know, he he was in it just enough, and you know, he served a major pivotal plot point. Yes, um, Han. Yeah, we can talk. We can talk about the uh, uh, Han. When so here's the thing: when Harrison Ford, when I knew he was coming back for the movie, I knew he was gonna die. I was pretty when I saw that. I was like, yeah, Han Solo's gonna die, because he has been Harrison Ford has been very very vocal for years after the movie after the original trilogy that he thought Han Solo should have died, and he even had conversations with George Lucas many many times about like, he should die because you have the it, it would complete his story pretty much like his story arc of a smuggler doesn't believe in anything but himself force and all that is fucking wonky to now he knows all about it and he's willing to die for he's dying for something bigger than himself like he's thinking about everyone else for a change but you know that he didn't die. Yeah. So when I knew he came back, I'm like, there's no way Harrison Ford came back to fucking live through all three of these fucking movies. Like, there's no way. 
So I was pretty like, he's going to die. Um, but Harrison Ford, I thought, did a fucking fantastic job in that movie. Um, seeing him as Han Solo was just awesome. Yeah. Like, he was just awesome. And you got to see him be kind of badass when he had that part with, when he had Chewbacca's bow and he just fucking mowing people down and, like, also, it was, I was like, damn. And his humor. He, he provided the Oh, he was the, the funniest needed. part of the, yeah. yeah, he was the funny, he was definitely the comedic relief. But, um, but it was perfect. Yeah, it was perfect. Him and Chewie together was perfect. That was like so. Actually, some of my favorite Han Solo Chewie moments, like like them together, are kind of from Force Awakens. There's some pretty like cool badass parts with them. And I'm like, yeah. damn, that's kind of cool to see them do that together. Honestly, one of my favorite scenes in the entire movie was the whole Maz. Yeah, uh, when when the First Order raids her cantina. Yeah, yeah, and then they're, and then really like they come out of the thing and they're just fucking mowing yeah. people down. Yeah, but just like that overall, just how that Same. entire battle, like between Finn with the lightsaber attacking, you know, going. You know, the yeah, and then the, the resistance show up. The resistance show up. That was and, and you get you get that amazing shot on the ground, the on the ground POV of of Poe flying ahead and just destroying these and wrecking these Tie Fighters, and then it switches over to Han Solo and Chewie, and just the comedic relief of like him with the bowcaster, and just I like this thing. Yeah, it, it was great. That entire scene that to me that was when they hit Star Wars right in the head, like that was like the most Star Wars esque. Like yeah. Like type scene in the movie. That was that was one of the most badass scenes where he's like, "Oh fuck, dude!" Like, resistance coming to fucking shit up. Like, fuck yep. yeah. Um. Yeah. Again, like that. That was kind of the tipping off point for the movie. So, yeah. And then it kind of for me after that is kind of when we start going downhill. Yeah. Um. What were your thoughts on Kylo as a villain, as the as the villain? Because we actually haven't talked about him at all. I liked it. I liked it. Um, do we know the established canon lore of Kylo? Like his upbringing and everything? Well, like, just his age. Like his age in the time of The Force Awakens. Is it is, is he similar to age of Anakin in Episode 3? I am I, not 100% positive on that. Um, Let's just say young adult. You know, he's, he's, yeah, I definitely yeah. would say he's a young adult. So as we all know, you know, pretty much in the ages of like 18 to like 24, you go through a lot of stuff. Like everyone does... It, all different circumstances, but your brain, you're still growing. You're still, form, you know, being formative or being formed. So with that being said, when you understand the story of, of Krylo, uh, Kylo, Krylo, <laughs> and how Snoke got into his mind, to, you know, was able to seduce him, you know, destroy Luke's Jedi Academy to the point where he is now and trying to like live up to like the shadow of his grandfather, you know, I understand. Like he's like he's a temper tantrum. Like he's still like growing. He you know he's still immature, but he wants more. He wants to prove that he deserves to sit at the table. I thought they that it was done really really well. Yeah, I was a fan of the temper tantrums. I was a fan of like his rage moments of like where he like loses control because it was accurate to his character. Like yo know, the the entire like mindset that that person would be in. Um, to be honest, the. F- in that first half of the movie, um, I was actually fucking hyped every time Kylo was on the screen. Yep. I was I was like, oh, yeah, here we go. I want to see what he does. Like, oh, fuck, fuck, fuck. You know, I, I, he, I thought he looked badass. I love his getup. Like, um, What did you think about the, uh, the Bane? The Bane voice? I, I liked it. I had no problem with it. I liked how he sounded. He sounded menacing. He sounded like... 
and like especially one of my favorite parts of Force Awakens is Kylo's entrance to the movie when he the oh, show comes scene? and he comes down and like kneels with Poe and like stops the fuck when he stops the blaster shot. I was like, what the fuck? That's when I was like, oh shit, you know. That was an oh shit moment for sure in that movie. To add on to that, it just kind of shows how powerful Kylo was with the Force, though. Because in his time talking to Poe and everything, he's still holding the blaster bolt there in place. Like, yeah. most other times you see someone like, you know, like Force hold something or stop something, they have to maintain like eye contact and like holding it. Kylo, he could just do it without even looking at it. That was pretty badass. Yeah, it was really badass. It was really like, oh shit, like, this is something. He's you know he's powerful he's a he's a badass like he's gonna be a force to be reckoned with for sure and um, I was like another thing that oh and I loved I really one of my I loved that Kylo could read their minds with the force that was like because it was something new the but it wasn't but it wasn't like anything like like a force it, interrogation it, it was from Legends it was one of the things that Disney pulled from Legends that was really cool but it, it complements because all like Jedi mind trick thing. So it made it, it was would, the dark side version. So it made sense to kind of yeah, it was like the yeah. dark side version of it. So it made it made sense. It was it was like something new, but also a little bit of something familiar yeah. with the Jedi mind trick. So it wasn't like whoa, but it was cool. I loved it. I loved how he could get in their heads. Like that scene with Poe, he's interrogating Poe. Oh man, I was like fuck, dude, this is badass. I if, Kylo was to me like I was really like damn, dude. He's one of the most like. He's one of the biggest, like, baddest villains in ever in Star Wars. Like, I kind of still feel that way, that he was, he was still one of, like, the most badass villains. Yeah, I mean, I, I think he had the potential, like, on screen to do more, but I would agree. No. Like... Yes, but none of the problems I had, none of the problems I have with this trilogy kind of comes from Kylo. Yeah, I would agree with on that. I would agree with you on that. It's not like, oh, well, they fucking did this with Kylo. It's like... Everything they did with him, I'm kind of like, yeah, I'm okay with that. Yeah. You know? Um, but, but, but anyways, but like with Force Awakens, um, yeah, the temper tantrums, I dug those. I was like, dude, he's unpredictable. He's unhinged. Yeah. He's unhinged. Who knows what he will fucking do? Exactly. It's not like with, vil- with other kind of like villains in Star Wars, it's kind of predictable. Like, oh, this is what they're going to do. Yeah, you know this is their this is their you know their motive. You're like this is their motive. With Kylo, it was, and you could see the fucking battle between like the light and the dark. You know, you could see that there was like he's, and that's what made him unhinged. He's unhinged, yeah, and and that's why when he kills Han Solo, spoiler, yeah, spoiler, <laughs> um, I, you know what? Now I don't even remember how the initial reaction was like fan reaction but I, I I was okay with it well one because like I said I knew it was coming but also because I felt like it was needed for Kylo yeah it was ne- Kylo had to do that if you wanted to make him a the big bad he's got to kill someone that you love has got to go yep. and it, he's got to kill him like he's got to be like it's like killing a part of yourself yep like yeah and Man, we can't go into because Last Jedi, but that's why I'm like, oh my god, I love what they did with him in Last Jedi. But anyway, um, but it, it when the thing that I loved about that scene though too with Kylo or with when Kylo kills Han is one the when the beginning of that scene and they're talking the suns because they're sucking the sun out. Yeah, 
but the sun's still there. So when you're when you see Kylo, he's got like the light and the dark, and you could see it's like you could see, like you it was like he's got red on one side and he's got like the light on the other side. It, it was so it was it's, a great use of like it the, was a great use of you could see you could see the internal battle within him. Yeah. And then when the sun got sucked out, it was just red. And then that's when he kills. And that's when you knew like there was that conflict through this whole movie of like him, like there was him wanting to go back, and but him wanting to stay with Snoke. But when he kills Han, there's no going back. Yep. He 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 set his destiny. Like he he he's made his own path. He's just I'm going this yep. way. And it, and it just and that's what I thought was like that is I love that part. I I, I do love it because it's like it was what need it was needed for Kylo. Kylo had to do that. Ways, that's kind of a nod back to like Anakin changing into Vader, you know, with the half and half face, that whole thing you mentioned. That's yeah. Kind of, kind of in sort of way a nod back to him because he's also like, oh, I want to be like Vader, you know? Like, yeah, true. Yeah. That's, true. Insane. That's another, that is a good point because she like, he idolizes his grandfather. He want he's striving to be that and that's, you know, it's kind of what happened to yeah. Anakin. He had to, you know. Anakin had to kill the younglings. Yeah. <laughs> Um. Well, yeah, because well, yeah, Anakin gave up. He gave up himself to protect Padme, who he loved. You know, he 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 had to give that up. Like he had to give up the Jedi and everything to save her. And I feel like with Kylo, he did that too. But instead of it being like a person, like Padme, he did it for like acceptance. Yeah. He wanted to feel like he was accepted and living to his full potential. Like, like he, I, you know, like he, I feel like maybe with, I don't because they haven't gone into anything with when Kylo was training, but it, you know, it could be, you know, he just felt like he'd never fit in or he, I he think, felt like the black sheep or something or. I think he was more of. Or he had to live up to, a, he had to live up to a standard because his, of his uncle and his mom and, you know, he had a, there was always like this, like pedestal or almost or like there's almost like this like bar that he had to live up to and I feel like he felt like he never could do it so that's why he, and then Snoke got in his mind about that and that's what made him go well going back you know I agree with you on that it, it goes back to the whole like a kid's mindset growing up you know as for a lot of people out there growing up you know you're against the parents but then you look to like the grandparent is like oh man they're cool they're you know Kids will get really into that. So maybe with how you just said, striving to like reach those expectations but not doing it, but realizing that his grandfather was the most powerful dude in the galaxy. Yeah. You know, know what I mean? Exactly. And then that's that's how Snokatine um <laughs> Snokatine? Yeah, it's how Snokatine was able to, <laughs> to get into his mind. It was like, hey, hey, you want to be just as bad? I can help you out with that. Yeah. You know? That's the thing, is like Kylo has a complex story. Like, he has a good story. I, I really love... You could tell Just that- like with Finn. Honestly, the only one that, to me, the person the, out of the new characters, the person that had the most boring story to me was Rey. To be yeah. honest. At least for now. At least for now. I'm yeah. talking about you were rolling just, on Force Awakens. Yeah, specifically Force Awakens, Rey had the most boring story. It's just like, oh, she's on a planet. She's, like, she, she's a smuggler on a planet. Like, like Luke, you know? like yeah. She's... She's just, she doesn't know where she comes from, but she just, she, she's staying positive, and then, oh, my parents will come back, 
Because now we can talk about Ray. Yeah. But yeah, like now her parents can come back and she's fine. Yeah. Like she's fine the way she, you know, she's just fine the way she, even though she's living a hard life, but it's just, yeah, cool. Yeah. You know, and I kind of was just like, okay, <laughs> you know, like it, she was just more along for the ride and kind of got like this journey thrown upon her. Kind like, of. It, I could, I could see what they were trying to do. Like how you said, they were trying to make her the new Luke. Only like yeah, the female and, Luke. And her, cause her running into BB-8 after like when Poe yeah. sends her off. She just was in the wrong place at the wrong time. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, or, or the right place. place at the right time, which, you know, whatever, whatever side of the coin you want to look at it. But she was just so happened to be there. Yeah. But, her, but her guess actual what? story just was really bland, though. It was kind of bland to me. I was kind of just like, okay. We, did, we didn't know much about her. And it wasn't until they really solidified that she's the Jedi... I didn't really care about her. You know, I didn't care about her parents or yeah. anything. Yeah, I didn't care about her backstory very much. But then it was when I saw it. The only reason why I wanted to know was like, well, how the fuck? Who is her? Who? Who? Yeah, who is she now? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, okay, so if she's a Jedi, then who the fuck is she? Yeah. <laughs> that's what I was saying. Like, that's when you start, like, for me, I've already mentioned this, but, like, I only started, like, kind of thinking that when the whole vision happens when she touches the, touches the lightsaber. Yeah. Then it was like, who... Okay, wait. <laughs> Who is she then? Well, it's just... It's just weird because with her weird rogue-like ability to to learn the Force quickly, I guess, through just, you know, being close to somebody or getting into their mind, I don't know. I, I think for... I like the idea of Rey. I like the idea of her, like, getting these powers and becoming badass. I just wish they would have helped explain it more yeah no no and especially with Force Awakens I don't have any issues with Rey yeah at all like yeah her story was boring but I didn't like <coughs> hate it or I didn't think it was bad no all the complaints I have about Force Awakens again none of them none of them are with Rey yeah Rey was fine I think it would have just been more I think it would have helped her her out a lot more if she would have had like little things like in addition to her being a good pilot automatically, even though she probably had very limited experience on Jakku flying, um, if she had abilities to like grab things with the Force, like have like weird like subtle things, like oh I can read this person's mind and I don't really know how to use it, and you know as as it unfolds, and then she gets the lightsaber. It's like oh now it's a path that she's on, but for her just to kind of just nothing special about her until she encounters the lightsaber, then things kind of get a little weird. And she was able to read Kylo's mind, and then use the Jedi mind, mind trick. Mind yeah. trick. It was all. It was a lot at all at once. Yeah, it was a lot all at once. But that's it what seemed, it was. It, it didn't come across as her like tapping into this and like really leaning into it as more as it just kind of like fell in her lap. It just fell in her lap and it was just yeah. coincidental. Yeah. Well, the thing behind that is there's a fan theory of I don't. Well, I don't know if it's a fan theory. It might be canon. I'm not even 100 percent positive. But I remember hearing that. The theory is when she touches the lightsaber and has that visions, it that it awakens her powers. Oh, the name the Force, Force awakens. awakens. It's she, but it's like, is that how that works? I don't think that's how that works. Yeah, I don't know if that's how that works. Cause you know what I mean? That that just seems a little far fetched to me. Like I just because I especially with especially since they jump into like the because the prequels were the first movies. That really gave you kind of like, oh, this is what the Force is. Like, an actual, like, 
how people like a backstory to the or kind of like an in-depth story of the force like with the midichlorians like oh okay that plays a factor you know what i mean it wasn't just like oh anyone can just fucking like how it is in you know whatever yeah. in the original trilogy but so because of that it was like i always thought it was just something that like you like you get born with like it's just like you know like it's almost like a gene it's like a gen, it's like genetics yeah it the way that it's described is that Pretty much everyone's born with like a certain level. Majority of people have like very little, or if not any, maybe like 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 trace amounts almost. Yeah. But there are people out there who have very very high amounts that are able to manipulate it. That's you know the Anakins, for example, the Anakins, the Lukes, you know the Grogu's, I guess. Yes. Um, and apparently the Rays. But it just was like yeah, it was just seemed like she had all like if she had all this force powers and like. Why wasn't you using them? It's it just, you know, yeah, like, like you said, the, the whole, the force of waking up because of an object. You know, that would be, I, I would. Like, that I don't would hate cool... that. I don't hate that idea, but it's like, explain it's never, it. Explain yeah. it though. Cause it's like, or like address that. Don't just like, don't just do it and then be like, oh no, it's cool. And like, just take our word for it. Because then it's like, well, yeah. now it kind of just, now it just doesn't make any sense. Like, <laughs> like the, the best example would be Anakin. Take Anakin on Tatooine when Qui-Gon shows up. He is an exceptional pilot. You know, the kid is, like, smart beyond his years. And, you know, that's how Qui-Gon could sense, you know, that he might be strong with the Force. Rey didn't show really any of that on Jakku. Other than when she flew the Millennium Falcon, she was Which, a good pilot. Yeah, but that just shows, like, how do we know that, you know, from the way it seems in the story, is that... She was just some chick born on Jakku, and she's so poor she couldn't afford to fly. So how did she learn to fly like that? It's just kind of, again, it's just the coincidental MacGuffin. Yes. That, like, I understand that you're putting in there for the story, but you got to flush that stuff out. And I just wish, my biggest gripe is with it being Disney that took over, you would think that the masters of storytelling could properly tell a story. Yes. You know, and have it make sense. You know, Star Wars fans, we can sit through long movies, you know, as long as the story makes sense. Because at the end of the day, that's what the movie's supposed to be about. You're telling a story. Exactly. You know, the character of Rey, cool. Her ability to, like, mimic or, like, learn Force abilities really fast, that's awesome. Just explain it. Yeah. You know, I'd rather this be Star Wars The Force Explained. <laughs> yes. But, like I said, like... With the, but but then it's like but as like I said most out of all three of these Disney sequels, tri- like the sequel trilogy. The le- I have less questions after this one than I did any of the other ones. Yeah, because yeah they were like okay, but they weren't like crazy fucking thing. You know what I mean? Like this this movie at the after when we left this movie because we saw it midnight. You know the midnight showing. Yes. Same for all three of the movies. You know, Force Awakens, Last Jedi, and Rise of Skywalker, we went to the midnight showings. Um, I remember leaving Force Awakens, and there was the only one that we left, like, oh, dude, I'm excited to see where it's going, like, on a positive note. Last Jedi, it ended, we were kind of both like, eh, like, we like it, but we're kind of like, oh, man, like, we're kind of worried where it was going. You know, I, I remember, like, after the first time we saw Last Jedi, we, we didn't initially like it off the bat. Those after more and more viewings and like really seeing the deeper meanings behind it. We'll talk more about that in the next podcast. Yes. But 
you know, like how you said, The Force Awakens, this one, after watching it, least amount of questions, and it, it left, it, it was the best setting up point. Yeah. Not a perfect movie by any means. Not perfect, but it wasn't, to me, it wasn't garbage. Yeah. It wasn't like I was like, oh, this fucking sucked. Or like, oh man, this not as good as I was hoping it would be. It was kind of like, oh, but it was good. There were, but you know, there were some things. I just find it weird. Or like, I think the last point I want to make that like my my cons and what just didn't make sense story wise. R two's been at that rebel base right with Leia for a while. You would have thought that the first thing they would have done was hook him up and try to try to archive or try to like download his memory banks or something. Especially if he wasn't turning on. You wouldn't just throw, oh, here's Luke's droid. We don't know where he is. We're just going to cover him up. Yeah, it was weird. Like, it was just another thing where I'm like, really? Like, oh, we're just going to wait for the droid to wake up. Yeah, it made no sense. But again, I mean, it just, it's plot. It's just basic storytelling that for a movie. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I... Yeah, it wasn't it wasn't terrible by any means, but it was it was it was good. I, I they could have done a little bit better with just the story, like just I, I guess like Phasma because they I remember they hyped her up pretty big. Yep, and she barely played any role in it. Um, I think my main issue with the Force Awakens isn't really with the movie. It was just the there was the marketing. It was just a very misleading marketing. That, yeah, it was misleading. But I think they did that on purpose. Oh, yeah, of course they did that on the purpose. For the twist, but it was just a weird... It was kind of a weird... I don't know. It was a weird way to do it like that. I don't know. It was like... It seems as if like the, the main story arc they had was just for Rey and Kylo. Those were the two that were more like... Mainly just Kylo that was mainly flushed out. But Rey, it seemed like they had them... They knew where they were going to go with them. Everything else was just up in the air. Maybe, yeah, kind of. Yeah. Oh, we'll talk about that later on the next podcast. Speaking of which, we've been doing this for how long now? I don't even know. 48 minutes. 48 minutes. <laughs> uh, I think that, I think I'm good. I mean, I've addressed mainly all my qualms in the movie. Again, I liked it. It's not bad. It, it's pretty good. It's not perfect, but it's a yeah, good movie. I can agree. Definitely the... Probably, probably one of the more liked out of the three. The next two are going to be the longer episodes, I feel. Yes. Um, but yeah. Um, I think... Yeah, I think that's it. For me, yeah, I was like trying to think of anything else. So I'm like, yeah, no. Yeah. Thank you, everyone, for listening with us. Yeah, oh. I think what we, we're going to do is when we post these, we um, we're always down for discussions, too, so... If we post these, like I'm sure I'll, I'll post it, and then Tony will post it. If you have us on Facebook, then feel free to comment and discuss. Like if you have, if you disagree with something that we've said, or or you agree or whatever, we're down to have discussions about it. I, you know, yeah, this is just our opinion. But I love discussing Star Wars stuff and and getting into like Star Wars deep, yeah, talks or even debates. Exactly. I mean, again, like just further going off Jeremy's point. After we post this, if even if we're wrong on something and you know you have proof to back up in, in canon, by all means, post it. Oh, yeah, post it. I want to know. If, I, if I'm wrong, I want to know. <laughs> all right. With that, I think we're going to call it. Again, I'm Tony. I'm Jeremy. 
And this has been Big Trouble in Apartment 18.